What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this? Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I am back and I am joined today by Jody Walker, my ringer colleague. Hi, Jody. Hi, Juliet. What an episode of Bachelor Party to be on. What an episode of The Bachelorette to have watched. Oh my God. I asked you weeks ago, for once in my life, I was planning ahead and I asked you weeks ago, not knowing this would be such a bombshell episode. Uh, we're going to get into it. I also just want to note if you like Jody, which I assume you do because you're listening to this podcast, make sure you check her out on the Ringer Reality TV podcast on Fridays on our Morally Corrupt show, which is about all things Bravo. Jody's deep on the Beverly Hills beat, which this week there's a lot to talk about with Erica getting served at the airport. So check that out. Jody, do you want to give a five second or less preview of your thoughts on Erica Jane getting served uh, at LAX? Unfortunately, my thoughts are very shallow. The group chat has been getting away from me because I have been like really deep in reporting a different story for the ringer.com right now. And I haven't been able to keep up on my housewives beat, which is really, really upsetting. Okay, well, take some time (laughs) for yourself. I have no casual opinions about reality TV right now between Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and The Bachelorette. It's like everything that happens is important. I was just going to say what about Southern Charm, but I remembered because you live in the South, you don't watch Southern Charm. But Southern Charm is probably my favorite reality show right now. I hate myself for it, but man, it's true. It's just, it's so addictive. It's not I even good. I swore to myself, addictive. 
that I was going to watch this season don't and then I it. haven't. It's just I don't. shouldn't. I shouldn't. Okay. These are bad people. I don't know why I'm spending my time with them. Also, they definitely are trying to like so distressed between Paige and Craig. And I know that you're oh, a summer house person, so it's not for you. Okay. Check out Jody on Fridays. I'm morally corrupt on the Ring Reality TV podcast. She's also with Rachel Lindsay, Amelia Wedemeyer, Callie Curry, the whole gang. Just check it out. Okay. This week on The Bachelorette, just so quickly went off the rails. Callie and I talked about it. I thought it started off really boring. And I was just like, oh my God, how am I going to get through this? And then it just, it just went crazy. It was like, it was like the submarine was just cruising down to the bottom of the ocean. And then it went there and all things went nuts. I asked Callie this, and I'm curious for your reaction. As you watched the show, what was your main emotion? Were you angry? Were you frustrated? Were you disappointed? Were you something else? Like, what were you feeling? Because I think that the people had some really strong reactions to this episode. I felt sad. I just felt really sad for Gabby and Rachel. And I wanted to feel angry. I think like a lot of times I have a more righteous anger against the Bachelor franchise than I've been able to muster this season. And I'm kind of mad at myself because it's like, I see what they're doing. I see what they're doing. What are they doing, Jody? Tell us. (laughs) (laughs) By letting Gabby and Rachel allegedly make the rules, which honestly totally blows up in this episode at the end when Jesse comes in and starts snatching roses out of Rachel's stand. Yeah, and don't let me forget, I need to correct something that Callie and I said about the number of men that everyone has. Anyway, keep going. It was incredibly confusing to keep up with, but yeah, we're going to have to, we're going to have to, I've also been having to do a lot of math this season and we're going to have to get (laughs) to the math later. I love math in high school, took math electives, but I don't come to the bachelorette for math. So no thanks, everybody. Anyway, carry on. So by giving Rachel and Gabby the reins, allegedly, and telling them that like, this is their journey and they make the rules and they have to figure it out is just completely taking the responsibility off the bachelorette's back. But like, Rachel's a pilot. Gabby is an ICU nurse. They are not reality (laughs) TV production professionals. They don't know how to do this, of course. And it really, truly seems like the production came in without a plan. And we're like, okay, Rachel, Gabby, figure this out. So do you think they came in without a plan because they wanted to have a mess? Or did they come in without a plan because they didn't know what would be the best way to do this? Like, what do you think is motivating this absolute... Um, lawlessness, as my friend Sarah put it. Like, is it altruistic, paternalistic? Is it vin- is it pernicious? Is it what do you think it is? And I keep like asking you questions and then prescribing words. Don't feel like you have to use them. That's like those so that's were what- like those were such amazingly specific words. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's all of them except altruistic. I think I think that they, the Bachelorette, found themselves in a perfect position where taking the responsibility they Let's start with the foundation. They didn't know how to do it. They thought and thought and were like, we can't figure out a way to do this that isn't going to create a mess and be entertaining. Can I just interject one thing? Sorry to interrupt you. Of course. While Clayton season was going on, I didn't know who was going to win. I didn't know who the outcome was because like, you know, they, they were saying it was fluid and I really tried to avoid spoilers, but I had heard that The Bachelorette was going to be Rachel. 
I was like uh-huh. so disappointed because I, you know, we're Gabby stands on this podcast, but we like Rachel too. But at the time just was like writing so hard for Gabby and just like loved her wackiness, continue to love her wackiness and her goofiness, the lovable dingbat. And so I know for a fact for a very long time, like leading up by bachelor standards, leading up to production of the bachelorette, they were planning on Rachel being the bachelorette. They were planning on having one and just like you ended up feeling so bad for her that like it had to be her. And so I also think that the edit Rachel got made that really clear to me because when Callie and I were, it, were analyzing it, you know, back in what feels like a different year. Cause I've like moved on so deeply from Clayton. It was, it seems so obvious that it was Rachel until it wasn't like something changed. Like it was like, he was so into her and then she wasn't. And so I mention all this because I don't think they had a lot of time to plan. Like, and I don't, and I just genuinely think they didn't have a lot of time to like strategize and think through how two bachelorettes would work. Um, and there's a lot of like production challenges to doing two bachelorettes. And I think probably motivated some of why they did it the way they did, but the lawlessness, the lack of rules, the total, like just like wild West of, of this show, I think as a result of like, just totally inchoate ideas, like they just didn't, they just didn't think it through. Among other, other, among other things. I'm probably giving them too much credit, but I'm sorry. You, you going. are giving them credit that I will not give them. I do understand <laughs> the production aspect, which is like, yeah, that's so hard to like double it up, to have two of everything. That's a lot to figure out. They're production professionals. They can figure, figure it, it out. out. <laughs> but it's like, I can give them credit there where it's like, that is a, that is a logistics challenge they have to get through. What I can't give them credit is that like, it was a quick amount of time to have to come up with an idea and stick to it. And because I think they did that to, I think that they did not come up with a plan and they tasked Rachel and Gabby with making their own rules and making their own plan because it protects them from being at fault for whatever mess ultimately happens. And it's like, this is gonna, it's a, it's always a mess with the exclusion <laughs> of, I don't know, like Michelle, who was a perfect bachelorette and like has commanded a classroom of children for 10 years. So she knows how to command a room of like men. These, these seasons are usually a mess. And when it's one lead, it's like, okay, well you blame, it only affects one person. The minute sure. you get two women in there, and it has the potential to turn them against each other, to give them in too much power. It opens up all these all these things that the Bachelorette doesn't want to be pinned, doesn't want to be, like, crucified for, but they're not willing to just cast one Bachelorette to avoid that. It's like they made the decision, and then they just, yeah, left this lawlessness. And so, like, I really, I deeply don't trust this like, okay, Gabby and Rachel, you're in charge thing because it doesn't protect Gabby and Rachel. It protects the bachelorette. You're right. And that I basically was discounting the fact that the best case scenario for the show is chaos and people being upset. Like ultimately that's what makes the, the most that that's like what works the best for them. And so I guess I, I don't know. I just, I just wasn't giving them that credit. You're right. But ultimately, I guess like, I just, I think I asked you that question and I asked Callie that as well, because I'm just not sure that I like can go through the emotional pain of giving the bachelor like so much credit for like having, have, you know, for how they treat people. Like I, you know, I was thinking about how they put Matt James in a really shitty position when he was the first black bachelor and, all of the weight that Rachel, our colleague, has had to carry and what it meant for Michelle to be a Black bachelorette. And 
I was so like angry about those moments. And I've been thinking about why I feel like less angry about these, like what these two women are going through. And I'm like wondering, is it me or is it the show? Or like, what's the difference here whenever the show has these firsts? Like, you know, I think it's obviously very clear why Black representation and representation on this show is a lot more emotional and also a lot more like, you know, why we care so much. But I'm sort of like, is this, is it on me that I'm just sort of like not willing to get as upset about how, what they're doing to these two women? Because, you know, you wrote about this. The women totally lose power. Like they, the one thing that's supposed to happen is the Bachelorette is supposed to have power over these guys. We definitely saw that with Katie. Um, and we've seen it every season. I don't know why I just pointed to Katie, but I'm just like, what's wrong with me that I'm not more upset? Well, that is, I think, kind of like why I started down that tangent of I see what you're doing. And that's like why I'm a little <laughs> upset with myself that I'm not angrier, which I guess is what you're kind of dealing with as well, is it's like, okay, I see what they're doing. Like, I see that they have taken the responsibility off of themselves by like allowing or telling Rachel and Gabby that they have to make up the rules, which kind of does not ultimately set up Rachel and Gabby for success as people who don't know how to run a reality show and are being asked to do so and to make up the rules. And yet it's kind of working because yeah. it's like they have not instilled some set of rules that is ultimately turning out badly. It's like the choices that Gabby and Rachel are making are at least their choices. And so it's kind of like if they do come back and hurt them, then we can't totally blame that on the show. And that's absolutely what we have, what we see happen in this episode is that like that Rachel and Gab, okay, what the show has probably considered that Rachel and Gabby have not considered and that I, as a Bachelor professional, had not entirely considered was what having two Bachelorettes would do to the men, how right. it would make a certain kind of man act, which is like what you just mentioned and that I, you know, wrote about extensively in my recap <laughs> is that like the greatest mistake that this season has has made is that it's given men rights. And that's not what should be <laughs> happening on The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette <laughs> is the one dating medium in the world where like, the gender power dynamic is reversed and the woman, usually singular woman, has all the power. I don't know if there's... And that's the fairy tale. That's what makes The Bachelorette a fairy tale. Not hot tubs, not helicopter rides, not movies that Karamo puts you in a... a it's not even not a home movie. Let's not, we can't even <laughs> call it a movie. Come on. We're going to get into that later because justice for Zach uh, on my end. But... <laughs> That's not the fairy tale. The fairy tale is 30 men who can't be distracted by anything else, including other women. They're there to date you. And that eliminates a lot of the insecurity that goes into dating. And I think that's just like what we saw in episode three is not just your average insecurities, but in the one place where a lot of those insecurities should be eliminated on The Bachelorette with our two bachelorettes having to deal yeah. with them like tenfold. And that's why it made me sad. It just yeah. made me, it was too much reality. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other 
Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, It means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Also for Gabby, like clearly this is very real. Like for her, when she talks about her mom, I mean, it's just heartbreaking. It was with Clayton. It was with Eric. And it's obviously very deep. And so when the guys like don't respond to her or don't respond to her the way that she's expecting, it sets off these feelings that she's carried for a really long time as a result of her relationship with her mom. And, you know, I also think to your your point, like Eric gets the benefit of the doubt of like, okay, he was like kind enough to her and then they made out when she talked about her issues. But I just felt like he wasn't that supportive. I'm just like, we... He doesn't get the benefit of my doubt, Julia. (laughs) I was not so sure about him. (laughs) But I mean, I completely agree. I am anti-Eric, but I choose Eric over Hayden like every day of the week. Hayden was like such a piece of shit. I hate him. Um, I like cannot believe he's still on the show. But, and then with, with Rachel, you know, I just think she brings a different emotional profile and history to this. Obviously, she's a different person. So there's not like this one specific button that you can push that's going to make her like as upset. But the humiliation at the rose ceremony is really intense well, and, and I honestly like, think what that, Rachel that dealt with last episode in episode two is ultimately really similar to what Gabby dealt with in this episode. They express themselves differently, but they both have had these doubts of like, do I deserve to be the Bachelorette? And that is so upsetting to watch because like these are two unquestionably really wonderful women like they're in all of their different and unique ways and something that I like can't help but talk about in in every recap that I write is the the fact that they have been tasked with designing this season of The Bachelorette when their only example of a lead is Clayton is absurd I said it (laughs) okay yeah, but I watched the, watch the show. I oh, come write on. about it's the show. Like I brand recap new about them. the show. I couldn't produce the show. I'm not a producer. Like, but they're not. Act- they're like you know, they don't have as much say as you think they do. I'm sure that they have a bunch, and like they probably are talking to their producers a lot and talking to each other. But there's they can't just like completely go. I off genuinely I think, think they're giving up too much. That agency. they're making a. I, it's like I am. I know that I am, but I. I can't help it. I I got to skip to the end to be able to talk about this because like I, it was so sure, obvious yeah, to me when Jesse comes hustling into that rose ceremony and he's like, 
okay, what I think is going to have to happen is that Tremaine is going to go back into the group so that if Gabby wants to pick him, she can. And Rachel, I'm going to take your rose. It's like that hasn't been happening all season. And it was very noticeable that like suddenly the reins have shifted. Now we're inserting the normal amount of rules that The Bachelor and Bachelorette usually have. And it would have been fine if that was a rule from the beginning. Like, it's just the problem is Why does Jesse start to get, suddenly start to be able to make up rules now? Like, what has changed... (laughs) <laughs> well, Jesse's the messenger. Come on. You know that he is. He's not actually... He's not of, making of these up himself. Of course he's he not, a producer but hey, yet, okay, he signed Jody? up to make a lot of money to, to uh, be the host, so I'm going to use Jesse's name. Like, that's <laughs> what he is. He's the face. I know you love Jesse. I like Jesse, but it was so funny to, like, watch him just it each sucked. time tiptoe into that room and and it was like could you not go around the back Jesse do you have to walk in front of them <laughs> to take this rose out of her hands maybe she could put it down on the pedestal first it felt so personal it was so rude and and I mean I don't mean to be like laughing at Ra- at Rachel's pain but it was just funny to watch like big Jesse have to like lumber into that room every time what should have happened is like when he came in for the first ra- first rose when Tremaine says no is he should have just stayed out there so that for any future yes. rejections he's present so so Rachel could just like hand it to him and he wouldn't have to be like I'm I'm back I'm Jesse I'm here so <laughs> but he didn't he didn't do that and we did have to watch him like walk in front of them it was like from a stage direction point of view very <laughs> very disorderly. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. But I'm also... um, I also just wonder if, you know, so they're going to Paris and then they're going on the cruise. And I do think that part of the cruise situation is it's, it's a big space so they can set up a lot of different stuff without having to have two separate crews. So I wonder if that's a piece of it. But one thing that I just keep circling, and you were the first person to point this out, there's just simply not enough men. That is like another central problem of this season is that the fact that they're, that Rachel is down to eight and Gabby is down to nine is so, so ridiculous. And this is something that Callie and I got wrong. So I want to go over who all the different guys are, but that is just ultimately so unforgivable. I mean, where are the men that were there? No, there's no one else to bring in for these people. I can't be. It's wild. I mean, we literally need more bodies in the room. Yes. It is, it is fundamentally absurd that in in the conversations around how are we going to do this season that they never said like we have to have more men and that is where I do get kind of like a genuinely frustrated with the franchise with the bachelorette is that like how is that set? it's it's once again it's not the fairy tale it's like yeah. the fairy tale is one woman 30 men the fairy tale is not like two women who maybe kind of split 30 down to 15 each and like hopefully it works out like that that they all like us the same amount and it's just it's too much math it's like yeah. <laughs> i mean i think very obviously the only way for this to work in the traditional structure of the show is to give them two individual groups of men and maybe we, like, cut it down to 25. That's too hard to do production-wise, I think. I think you just go for fewer toss-aways, the ones you know that won't make it far, and they each get, like, 20 on night one, or they each get 
you know, which is not that much more. As we, as I mentioned, Matt James had 33 on night one. So can't you do 40 or 45 for two women on night one? Like they also always have alternates. So they had more people around. They just chose to not use them. So there's a lot of ways they could have, could have had more men, but I just want to recap who has who, because Kelly and I got this wrong and well, we didn't exactly get it wrong, but we didn't say it clearly. So and they make it seem like Rachel only has six at the end of the episode because only six guys accepted her rose, but she had already given two out during the episode. So she has in total Avon, Zach, Tino, Logan, Tyler, Ethan, Jordan, and loser Hayden. Meanwhile, Gabby has nine. She has Eric from the from the one-on-one, plus Nate the Wonderful, Johnny Spencer, Jason Michael Buble, Mario Kirk, Quincy, and Michael. And... There's speculation based on the um, post-credit scene that Meatball will be coming back for Rachel, so then she will also have nine. They must have like been like, Rachel, don't you want another one? <laughs> I don't want to get like full tinfoil hat here, but, and once again, I don't want to do the math, but like, that doesn't make any sense. That means that Rachel had more roses to begin with. She gave out six roses. Jesse literally came and stole three roses from her personally and put them in his pocket. So that means she had nine roses. She already had two men she'd given roses to. So that would have given her 11 men. (laughs) Gabby gave out nine roses and already had one person. So she would have had 10 men. I, I don't, I know it's confusing. I don't know. I, it's I just too much me, math. It's, We're not it's here for me math. pointing out that I think there was so much scrambling during yeah. this by production, suddenly like inserting themselves in a much heavier way than they had been. Also, I don't think it's to the show's benefit for us to be confused about how many roses each gave out and like how many each, how many men each has. So... I, I don't, I think that like this is hard to figure out because there's like some kind of error to your point, some scrambling. It's actually like not good if you can't tell what happened. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> not, that's not good. That's not good television. So yeah, this is not Westworld. We don't need like a, you know, like a, an explainer 30 minute YouTube video or we shouldn't no. like this should just be The Bachelorette. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, let's go back to Zach for a second. Zach had a one on one that I found to be just completely like, like aberrant. I was just like, this is not what you come on the bachelorette for. And you told me that you disagree. Listen, I don't want to go on that date. I certainly don't (laughs) want to go on that as a first date. And it is one of the more, um, like lo-fi, uh, dates the bachelor has ever put on just like putting them in an empty, an empty room. And I was bothered by the seating arrangement. It was very frustrating to not watch them be able to like even face each other. But I literally felt like I watched Zach and Rachel fall in love. Like, they could not stop crying. So I think that, like, that... Maybe they were just drunk. Don't you cry when you're drunk sometimes? No. I mean, I cry all the time. Okay. I'm a TV watcher crier. I'm not... I don't know. I probably do. But, like, the moment that Zach saw his mom on screen, he teared up, and he didn't stop tearing up until the end of the date. They just... I thought they genuinely seemed so taken with each other that I was actually kind of moved by it. Like to see them have this connection and to have it over such a simple thing was, I thought, like kind of lovely and didn't even make me notice that this was kind of a janky date. I did think that the singular 
piano player was very funny. <laughs> like, it was funny. It was funny how absurd the date was and that, like, Karamo was dressing them up in, like, the Lizzie McGuire movie fashion sequence. Like, they I were know. trying on all these terrible clothes. It's funny you say that because whenever Frank LaCosta comes on, I also think of Franco de Moncantina. So, from the Lizzie wow. McGuire movie. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the Great Bachelorette stuff. constantly evoking a child's movie. Well. But I thought, and I really, and I liked right. Zach. I liked Zach. I didn't, I mean, obviously he's not as like exciting as Nate, who was, you know, genuinely funny, but, and, and cool, but I liked him for Rachel. They seem like really similar people. They seem very, they just kind of seem like the same person, extremely earnest and sweet. But like, what do we know about Zach? Do you know any Zach facts? He is a tech Executive. Okay. He's 25. I'm sure, ex- I'm sure executive is used loosely. Anything you've learned but since we read his bio together six weeks ago or whatever it was, almost two months. Um, yes, I have learned that he used to go with his dad to watch planes <laughs> at the airport, which Rachel also used to do. And this produced an entirely new batch of tears. They had finally stopped crying. And then they discover this fact about each other that they had the same childhood and they just start crying again. And Juliet, you were completely unmoved by this? Yes, completely. Also, I don't think going to see planes take off or whatever is like that unique. They seem to think that was a genuinely unique <laughs> experience. And I was like, listen, whatever it takes, you guys. But I mean, that's like, that's a dating experience. If you feel connected to someone and then they're like, no way. Like my mom used to make us hot dogs for lunch. That feels different when you are connected to someone like that. So like I understood what was happening. It was very silly, but I just thought they really liked each other. And I guess to me that overpowered the um, like kind of silliness of the date because I feel like we have not seen a lot of genuine connection thus Mm -hmm. far this season. And so to feel like Rachel actually liked somebody was exciting. And but then, I, but then the, I think I opened th- the floodgates because she really liked Avon, she really likes Tino. Like I think that just this this started her her feelings essentially. Like she had this was a good week for Rachel until the, the ceremony, until there was a ceremony. Oh yeah, and I, I mean the editors were playing that up nonstop of like Gabby having genuinely an existential crisis after going to the bachelorette mansion to not play football. And then Rachel is just like falling in love with Zach, like having the best date of her life. And then at the, I mean, it is, it is so, it, I feel, I'm not going to know how I feel about a two bachelorette season until the end, because I really do liking, I like them watch, I like watching them together. It's very sweet to Me see too. the it's way like, that they support each other. Part of the season for sure is watching yeah. their friendship and like seeing how they respond to each other, which I thought it was weird that at that, like, that Gabby didn't find Rachel at all through the night. And I, we don't even know if she told her about the day where they didn't really, when she went to the house. Like, we don't even know what Rachel knows. Like, give me more of that. Like, I just, I want more Rachel Gabby together and more Rachel Gabby happy. <laughs> I Yeah, and it's like one of those things I think can be controlled and one of them cannot entirely. But... You know, it was so it was so hard to watch Gabby get rejected all those times at the group date. But I loved watching Rachel be like, 
what the fuck? When like, when she doesn't give the group date Rose out and Rachel's like genuinely shocked and then they go catch up about it and she's like, I'm going to kill him. Like, I'm going to, like, you know, like, I mean, it's like, it's fun they to seem watch like friendship. Good friends. It's, they seem like they're just like nice people, which, which is the like main redeeming part of the season so far. Because otherwise yeah. it would just be painful. Yeah. Pain. I mean, I, although, I, I don't know. Like, like I said, I didn't, I didn't find this week to be like exasperating, but I did find it to be appalling. I just... I'm mad at myself for not being more mad, but I guess I'm, I'm also, uh, I just, one thing I am really liking as a recapper, and I'm sure you can, you can feel where you can relate to this is I like not knowing what's coming. It's like a lot more interesting when it's not formulaic. So at least there's that. There's a lot to sink your teeth into, and that's totally right. And I, I assume that that is true for fans, just like, you know, yeah. who don't then write 3,000 words about it. Like, just to <laughs> just to watch it and be like, hmm, wonder what's going to happen with these two people. Like, because this is something totally new now. Like, the end of this episode was so chaotic, but it's it's a totally new thing now. They have two individual groups they're still coexisting. Now they're kind of doing the bachelorette, the dual bachelorette that I think a lot of people have said like, okay, well, why didn't, why wasn't it just two separate parallel journeys from the beginning? And, and now they're doing that. And so that is fun to watch. The weirdest part of the language they were using this week, in my opinion, was when they kept talking about like our journey. And it's like, it never occurred to me that just because they're the dual bachelorettes, they were sharing a journey. Like I, I know they had to like separate the guys for them to really like get independence from each other or like cut the cord. But I always thought of them as just like going through the same thing at the same time. I, I think it's something, there must've been some kind of seed planted in their mind that was like, you guys are doing this together. You have to make decisions together. Cause why would you just assume that? Like I would assume that like they would divvy up the guys. Well, I mean, because that's what they were told at the beginning. Like they arrive in that. And, you know, I understand what you're saying that like, obviously I'm giving them too much agency. They're not making every one of these rules. But what I try to do is like accept the show that's given to me. So if they tell me that Rachel and Gabby are making the rules, then I'm going to go at it with that assumption. If Rachel and Gabby arrive at the Bachelor Mansion and Jesse tells them, okay, what's up? What are you guys going to do? You're making this, you're doing this journey together. Then like, that's just kind of what I believe that they were told. And it, it does seem like they really took that mantle on of like, this is our journey. Cause they say in this episode, they're like, you know, I'm scared to do it, but it's finally time to split up our journeys. Like they're kind of acting like they're not going to see each other again. I know, which they definitely are. I hope they are. And I really hope we get them together. If we, if we are not allowed to see them chat with each other, I'll be really disappointed. I, th- I mean, yeah, I, of course they're still going to need, like, to have conversations. Yeah. When they're on but the cruise are, together, shouldn't they talk? Yeah, are they going to, I mean, it is a big boat. <laughs> are they going to put them on two different sides? Like, who gets the stern and who gets the bow? It's a little below deck language for you. Um, Love it. But Thank I, you so I am, much. I am wondering, it's like, I can't stop thinking about the numbers. I can't stop thinking about that it's not enough men and that we are just so rapidly approaching hometown numbers. That like it's gonna be down know, to four. But then I'm like, are they gonna air two different hometown episodes? Because you can't you can't put eight hometowns in an episode. Yeah, Ag- ag- agreed. I mean, I I don't know. Could you <laughs> so do you questions. do one week? You do half of them. The other week you do the other half. I don't know. I'm actually genuinely excited to find out. Or do you do a Gabby episode and then you do a Rachel episode, which I almost think is my preference. 
Well, we're going to see Jody. So many questions abound. Um, don't forget to listen to Jody on the reality Ringer Reality TV podcast, which is on Fridays. Well, it's on more than Fridays, but Jody's on Fridays talking morally corrupt, all things Bravo. I'll be back with Callie on Monday. And thanks so much for listening. <laughs> 